Hello and welcome to the Bless My Bacon podcast, the world's only and most popular bacon-only podcast. Today, we speak with Scott Smith and Neil Hall of the National Pork Board. Bless my bacon. I don't know about you, but uh, for me, this is this is a who's who of of bacon. Uh, we're speaking with Neil Hall and Scott Smith. They are both from the National Pork Board. And the reason I've got them on today is because I was doing some research for a previous podcast and I ran across a news article for the 2022 Farm Journal's Pork Best Beards in the Pork Industry Contest. And Scott Smith, who is on the finance team, he won the best beard in the pork industry. So you know, I gave him a call, said, hey, you know, would you like to be on? And yeah, he agreed, uh, as did Neil Hull, who's on the market development team. They're based in Iowa. And since they are on the National Pork Board, they pretty much are the driving force behind uh, all of the bacon producers, pork producers in the country. And so I am just so happy that they agreed to be on. And here is that interview. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Scott Smith and Neil Hall of the National Pork Board. Thanks for having us. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. The only reason that I reached out was because I was doing some research for the podcast and I came across this news article for the 2022 Farm Journal's Pork Best Beards in the Pork Industry Contest. And whose face did I see? It was Scott Smith. And I, I just said, man, I, I got to reach out to this guy. First of all, why? Why did you do this? Well, we uh, we we got we got approached from the uh, from the Farm Journal, and uh, they were I think initially looking for uh, folks on the team to uh, to judge um, a, a contest, a beard contest that they were putting on for the pork industry, and uh, and uh, instead we said, well, we got uh, we got somebody that uh, might like to participate and be a contestant, and so we got involved uh, in in that matter. We've had uh, some staff and some board members in the past that have uh, helped out with the judging previously and we just uh, we just decided that we wanted to have some fun with it so beards are fun uh, but what makes everything better bacon so you know as part of the entry into the into the contest we uh, were looking to do something fun so we uh, got ourselves a, a bacon costume and, and uh, made some props with some uh, some bacon beard oil uh, and some bacon uh, beard products and uh, kind of did a little bit of an infomercial uh, photo shoot um, to turn into the contest and you know we had some good marketing folks uh, uh, behind us to help put that together and uh, ultimately uh, you know we had a real fun time and uh, and it showed through and carried over and uh, was fortunate enough to receive that acknowledgement from the Farm Journal. I thought that was hilarious. I saw your jug of swine shine and then your little can of uh, Beard by Bacon, and I thought to myself, I, I mean, I Googled it. I'm like, I've got to find this swine shine. Turns out, doesn't exist, but that was that was brilliant. Yeah, I had a I had a couple emails, uh, you know, after that from uh, some, some folks around the country that uh, were in a similar spot. Hey, I spent my weekend looking, uh, researching for this uh, for this swine shine, you know, bacon beard oil, and and uh, struck out online. Where can I find it? And uh, uh, had to dash some dreams a little bit that uh, that they were they were props, but uh, um, yeah, I was uh, was surprised uh, and pleased with the response that we got just from the general public. 
Yeah, that was fantastic. And you know, the competition was was tough. I saw your beard, a number of others, and then the the beard that just turned my stomach a little bit was the dude with all the ice in his beard. Oh yeah, I yeah. saw that, and I, I just uh, <laughs> I had to go back and look at your picture because it was it was too much for me. That guy earned it. You know, he was he was outside. Uh, you know, uh, suffering in the in the elements and the cold, and and you know we were uh, we were inside. Uh, you know, doing a photo shoot in the uh, in the controlled environment. So um, you know that that guy. Uh, you know, to go through that effort on a on a daily basis. Um, you know, throughout the throughout the seasons, that's a that's a testament to some dedication there. Yeah. Well, you're a finance team, and uh, you do a lot of stuff behind the scenes for the Pork Board. And then Neil Hall, he, you're on the market development team. But, Scott, I'd love to start with you. Uh, what are the goals of the National Pork Board? Yeah, so with the with the National Pork Board, um, you know, just a little bit of background. Um, the the pork producers across the United States uh, uh, pay into the pork checkoff, uh, which is uh, thirty five cents per hundred dollar value of the of the pigs that they sell. And the National Pork Board uh, utilizes those dollars um, to to help uh, with uh, consumer information promotion uh, and research efforts uh, across the country to to help uh, you know build trust and and add value in in u.s pork and for u.s pork producers uh and that's kind of the general purpose of, of the national pork checkoff yeah and neil is is instrumental in using those dollars for marketing efforts and and research like you mentioned neil you know pork is one thing you know everyone loves pork but bacon is just another thing entirely i mean arguably bacon is is the greatest food product in the world simply because it goes with everything. Given bacon's popularity, what are you doing to make it even more popular? And not only bacon, but just pork in general. How are you generating more interest for the pork industry? Steve, one of the things that we do, we kind of break the categories into processed and fresh, right? So bacon is in the processed category of pork. And let's be honest, we all have a love affair with bacon, whether it's, you know, bacon just as a center of the plate for breakfast, or if it's a topping on a salad or on a burger or on a chicken breast. I mean, we we know we have a love affair with bacon. 90% of consumers know what it is and 93% have tried it and over 80% say they love it. So we know that there's a love affair for bacon. And what the work that we're doing is, how do we transcend that on into some of those other fresh cuts that maybe might not be as well known in consumers' minds? Um, I think one of the things that we focus on is pork is a very nutritious item. And I think people overlook that when they think bacon, right? Because bacon isn't necessarily the most nutritious thing you can eat. But man, we're going to indulge. If I want something really good, I'm going to indulge and have, you know, that thick, smoky slice of bacon, whether it's, you know, peppered or or another or another function. So what we really try to do is work to say, OK, how do we take people's love for bacon and then help educate them and inspire them to use other fresh pork cuts, whether that be ribs or chops or even ground pork? I moved to uh, Alabama about two years ago. And I have had more pork shoulder here, smoked pork shoulder, or as they call it down here, Boston butt, 
Oh my goodness. And shoulder is one of those cuts that we've seen the most growth on, right? I mean, we saw a lot of people migrate to the pork category during the pandemic and they went deeper into the pork set, right? They might've been using one or two items and let's be honest, we were all locked up at home and started cooking more and smokers were sold and there's nothing better on a smoker than a, than a pork shoulder. And I always love the competition with the neighbors, right? The neighbors always know when you're, you got the pellet grill going because the aromas uh, that come out of that are, are fabulous. So we always focus in on this idea that pork is versatile and it's flavorful. I mean, you can take a shoulder and you can put it on the smoker and make really good pulled pork. You can put it in the crock pot and make pork carnitas. I mean, there are so many different things that you can do with not only that cut, but with loins as well. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned loins. Just the other day, I received some back bacon from a gentleman in Loveland, Ohio. His name's Craig Rasmussen. Um, I actually spoke with him today, and I, I cooked some up last night. It was so good. It was it was delicious. I mean, you, you had the, the very meaty back bacon, but then you had just the right amount of fat content just to give it that extra kick of flavor. And it was it was so good. Yeah, there's so many versatile cuts, and that's really what we work to try to do is just how do you inspire that new consumer? And I think one of the things we we know as a pork industry, our core consumer is kind of that boomer population that grew up with it. What we're working to do is how do we reach into those younger households, the Gen Z, the millennials, that maybe aren't necessarily as familiar with it, and then it's educating them on how to cook it. I mean, if you take a pork chop, and you cook it to the proper temperature, which is 145. I mean, it is a dynamite eating experience. And, you know, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm chipping away at this thing one consumer at a time because I will have guests over and grill up chops and they're like, man, that's the best pork chop I've ever had. Where'd you buy it? And I said, it's less about where I bought it and it's how I prepared it and I prepared it right. Right. Yeah. The, the pork chops that I had growing up, nobody knew how to make them. They throw them on there, and they just cook them until they become leather. And, uh, you know, it wasn't as enjoyable. But you mentioned uh, attracting the the younger crowd. We've got, you know, everyone who's, uh, you know, some of the younger crowd that's into, like, IPAs and just a lot of, like, vintage sort of industries. And one of the things that I love that I've really uh, become interested in are the nation's small batch bacon producers. You've got these real niche folks who are making this incredible bacon, you know, making it old school, are really, I think, making bacon hip and, and just showing people how how amazing pork is. What do you have to say, uh, Scott, to the small batch bacon producers in this country? Yeah, as a uh, as a beard wearing IPA uh, drinking uh, uh, consumer, um, yeah, uh, I, I think the the main point is to continue to tell your story. Um, we've we've seen over the over the years, um, especially recently, how uh, consumers are are interested in the in the story behind their food, um, and and wanting to feel good about where their food comes from, um, how it's prepared, who it's prepared by. Um, so just to, you know, just to encourage to to continue to to tell your story, 
as locally or expanded as fits your your business model you know i'll, I'll give a, a little bit of a plug you know we're 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 not just the the national pork board we have uh we have state uh pork associations uh in almost every state across the country um you know we've got those uh listed on our website at, at uh, porkcheckoff.org um if you're if you're interested in in uh, locating or communicating with uh, with your local um, state pork association, uh, highly encourage that. Um, get involved. Um, you know, if you're especially if you're um, raising the pigs that uh, that ultimately become your bacon product. Um, but otherwise, you know, just to just to connect with some of the events that they have going on, um, or you know, to to have your name on the list if uh, you know if consumers or producers uh, are reaching out to their uh, uh, state associations, um, you know, it'd be good to have that connection uh, with you as a as a local producer. If they're looking for a specific product, um, you know, always good to have those connections. That's fantastic, Neil. Uh, what about you? Do you have any uh, comments for the small batch bacon producers? I think it just goes to show the versatility of the product, right? And you've got a lot of niche players that you know whether it's selling at a farmer's market and it's thick cut i mean you can take on so many different flavor profiles you know i was listening to a few episodes of your prior podcast and it's fascinating just the amount of these small batch providers that are out there but to your point that resonates really well with this younger consumer right that's used to that ipa on the on the on the beer side and i think bacon really gives us that opportunity to get into the households that maybe necessarily we weren't getting into before and then we can work to say okay now we've got them in the fold of the pork category with a really good small batch bacon provider what's that next step so i just think it's fascinating and bacon can take on anything that you want it to take on and the reality is it makes everything else taste better it really does and while you were talking i was thinking all the aromatics, all the spices that these small batch bacon producers put on their bacon can honestly be put on pork loin, pork tenderloin, um, you know, pork shoulder, all that stuff. One of the bacons that I had from this gentleman uh, in Ohio was a barbecue bourbon, and it was so good. It was like really hit you in the face with the barbecue. And then on the back end, you had this bourbon overtone there's so much you could do i mean you could take all those bacon recipes and just transfer them to uh to a lot of great recipes like the ones that you have on pork.org yeah you're exactly right and that's that's again i talk about the versatility of pork really it's a blank palette and you can you know pork will take on the flavor that you want to take it on one thing that i wanted to mention steve is one thing that we've seen a real growth in popularity is just pork belly Right, because you know, if you go go back ten years ago, a consumer couldn't find just a pork belly, which is what bacon is made out of. And now you've got the opportunity to purchase those, whether whole or half or or slices that consumers can play around at home and in theory make their own bacon, right? I think that's where a lot of these small batch um, operations have come out of is just the availability of the raw material. Yeah, exactly. What are some exciting things that are happening in your industry right now? I think one of the most exciting things is just this getting into more households and getting more people comfortable with pork. Um, We did a lot of work over the last 18 months to two years on ground pork. And what we've learned is that's a great avenue into that younger consumer household. 
right? Because everybody knows how to use ground meat, so why not bring ground pork into it? And then they learn about the versatility and the opportunities to cook with ground pork. And I think that's one of the most exciting things um, that's going on. We're also embarking a lot of work around the loin complex because, you know, as a pork producer, right, loin, we always talk about the value of the cutout. And loin is one of those primals, one of those cuts that um, we need to continue to create more value and excitement in the marketplace for. It's interesting you mentioned ground pork. There's a, uh, a heritage farm uh, that's about 10 minutes away from my house, and they raise Tamworth hogs. And one of the offerings that they had was ground pork. And the only ground pork that I had ever had was sausage. That that was the only ground pork that I've ever had. And so I had this, and it was just, it was so moist and amazing of course i you know i put some dehydrated uh onion in it just to kind of hold you know retain some of that moisture and it was delicious i mean it was like you know everyone loves hamburgers but a pork burger it it was it was amazing it was it was just fantastic i loved it I will tell you, that's one of the things that we've discovered, and I'll share a personal story. You know, during COVID, you know, I had two daughters that were home from college, and when we would grill burgers, I would always do both, right? I would do the traditional beef burger, and then I would do the pork burger, and man, I converted my daughter. She goes, Dad, they're so much better. And one of the things that we stress is it's not just about a pork burger. It could be in a recipe, whether it's egg roll in a bowl or you know a, a stir fry dish with ground pork in it i mean there's just so many different things that you can do with it and i think what we've learned is as consumers try it they like it and we continue to see momentum grow in that category well scott uh talk to us about the national pork board and how you build trust and add value for the industry yeah, so those are our those are our two core competencies here at, at the pork board is, is building trust and adding value, and, and you know as an organization we are we're consumer focused but we're we're producer led and um, I think that that goes to just a, a testament to the the producers and the and the folks in the pork industry um, acknowledging um, you know the the process board for how how we uh, you know interact with consumers and and we need to to have a focus there um so you know we're uh, from from a trust you know we're looking to to build the trust with the consumers from you know animal well-being um you know public health uh, you know how we uh how we treat the environment how we treat our, our people that are involved in the industry um you know and then and then on the producer side you know we're looking at the the health of the animals um you know sustainability um their their farms uh you know the the people that work there, the health and nutrition of the product, um, you know, that's that's produced. Um, and a lot of that just goes into the, the amount of folks um, across the country that are involved in, in helping us to uh, direct our programs and the, the direction of the industry, um, whether it's, uh, you know, those those niche, uh, you know, niche producers that uh, that you mentioned, um, you know, contract growers, the, the larger producers, um, the packers, the processors, um, you know, the folks on the on the retail side, um, university folks, uh, all of those folks have a have a hand in in leading the discussion of the direction of the of the pork board programs and projects that we do. 
all of the industries in this country have really felt a lot of pressure just economically and otherwise just with with all the things that have been going on in the world and the pork industry is is not immune to that uh what are some of the challenges that you faced and how are you overcoming them uh from a challenge standpoint i would just say you know continuing to work through how do we get into more households? How do we get more consumers in? We know that COVID created all kinds of issues up and down supply chains. And I will tell you the one thing that, you know, pork producers are a resilient bunch and they figure out how to solve problems and move the business forward. Um, And I think that's one of the things that we just continue to work on as we move forward, right? It's how do you share the story of the producer that will build trust with the consumer. Scott mentioned it earlier, right? Consumers wanna know where their food came from. I will tell you, pork producers have been doing the right thing for a long time. We're just doing, we're being more upfront and telling the story of here's what we do from a sustainability standpoint, right? Because it's all about giving people permission to uh, consume the product. And I think that's one of the things that is probably one of our biggest challenges, but it's also one of our biggest opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that kind of goes into, you know, some of the, the challenges that uh, that producers are facing uh, individually is, um, you, you know, is the cost in, in that production element. Um, you know, we, we have a, a lot of dollars that go into into research across the, the pork industry, uh, whether it's the, the health of the animal, um, you know, the sustainability, environmental um, side of things. But, uh, you know, we're, we're constantly learning and improving. Um, and, and that does come at, at, a, at a cost to the producers, um, you know, as they're as they're running their operations, um, you know, infrastructure costs, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, variability in the in the feed costs uh, you know for the inputs in, in terms of, of raising the animals the pork producers uh, you know face similar uh, labor um, labor issues as, as other uh, industries throughout the country especially during uh, you know during the pandemic so um, you know there's just a, a raising uh, raising amount of cost um, here that the producers are having to um, you know navigate through locally. And Neil, you were mentioning just the resiliency of of the farmers, of those who raise hogs. And the uh, farmer, the local farmer that I spoke with uh, earlier who raised the Tamworth hogs, it really came through to me when I interviewed them. They had a can-do attitude. You know, no matter what challenges they faced they love what they do they love their animals they are they are you know completely focused on their quality of life and whatever it takes that was kind of their attitude we'll do whatever it takes regardless what happens with our feed costs we're we're going to continue to do what we do and i think that's that's really positive for the future of the industry yeah, and I think if you talk to any producer, that passion for what they do would come through. I mean, at the end of the day, they are caretakers of not only the animals, but of the land, right? I mean, I talked to a producer late last fall, and he was talking about his grandfather when they built their first barns. And he goes, I used to sit on the front step with my dad, and he says, how do we make this farm better today than it was yesterday? And I think that's the thing that's really positive about pork producers is, this idea of we want to leave the land for the next generation better than we found it, right? And you think about all of the things that happen on farm from water management and manure management. I've heard it simplified as, you know, pork production is this great cyclical economy, right? You 
you grow the corn, right? So most producers also have row crops. So they grow the corn that feeds the pigs, the pigs produce waste, the waste is applied back to the ground. And it's just this cyclical um, cycle that really leaves us in a great spot moving forward. Scott and Neil, uh, what is the most important message that you want people to know about pork? I, I think I'll just uh, kind of echo uh, Neil's comments here uh, is the, the continuous improvement and the, and the passion uh, of the producers that are, um, you know, working to, to raise these animals and, and, and produce, uh, you know, pork products across the country um, and just their, their commitment to, like I say, con- continuous improvement. Um, that, that to me, it just, uh, you know, when you work with the, when you meet the producers, talk with them uh hear the story behind their farms um that really resonates that really makes that connection and and to me that's um you know that's probably the most most valuable part uh of of my experience here uh working with the with the national pork board is those uh those personal connections with the folks um that are you know that are helping to feed america and I think, Steve, I would add, you know, if you haven't given pork a shot, give it a try. I mean, you think, you know, consumers are in a tough spot now with inflation and prices are up on everything. I think we provide an incredible value to the consumer today. And we talked about the versatility of whether it's the shoulder or the loin. But I mean, pork in the meat case today is a very affordable option for a really nutritious and high protein of source of protein. So that's that's where my passion comes from is as we work with retailers and food service companies that just, again, sharing the story of the great opportunity that there is with pork. That's one thing I love about your uh, website, pork.org. I went on that after seeing Scott's beard, <laughs> and uh, I-, I was very pleasantly surprised. I'm like, look at all these recipes. I mean, it's amazing what you can do with pork. If you want to stand out at a party make something with pork and my final question for the both of you is personally describe your perfect slice of bacon now this is going to be taste texture fat meat ratio saltiness flavor just describe it for me my perfect slice is nice and thickly cut and not overcooked I know some people don't like floppy bacon. I'm kind of in that a little bit of flop left to it, but cooked in the oven to me is the perfect way to do bacon. And I will share that, you know, one of my girl's favorite things is what we call fresh side bacon, right? So you take a pork belly that hasn't been smoked and cured and just bread that in cornmeal and cook it like you would regular bacon. It's meaty. It's got, it's savory. I mean, it's just, it's the best. That is brilliant. I am going to try that. I am going to try that. I've got a great butcher where I can get some great uh, pork belly from. I'm going to try that because I love anything deep fried. Yeah, there you go. I'm similar. I'm on the uh, I'm on the thick cut uh, uh, bacon train, 100. Uh, percent So, um, you know, give me a give me a, a butcher's thick cut slice of bacon, and then um, you know, I, I add a little bit of a, a sprinkling of some Creole seasoning um, on there. Give it a little uh, give it a little bite. You know, um, as Neil mentioned, and 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 Steve, as you uh, alluded to, um, you know, your your cre- creativity uh, is not necessarily limited with uh, with bacon and and 
and especially with pork. So I put a little Creole seasoning on there and and bake it. And uh, I'm I'm with Neil. I like it a little bit floppy. I don't like. Uh, I, I use the I use an alias of crispy bacon, but uh, I prefer my bacon. Uh, you know, a little bit a little bit softer. I want it to bend, uh, but not break. Um, and then one of the things I do, um, you know, especially in the winter time, uh, when you're in the house a little bit more and and stuck, I'll uh, I do some candied bacon, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll do some some Creole seasoning there to to give it some heat, uh, and then uh, whip up a little little mixture of some uh, some syrup and vinegar um, and uh, some honey, and uh, kind of baste that and, and put that in the uh, in the oven there, so you get to get a little bit of the sweetness, and then you bite into it, get that nice uh, thick chewy bacon uh, with a little bit of that Creole heat on it. Sounds amazing. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Neil Hall of the market development team and Scott Smith, who's on the finance team at the National Pork Board. It's it's just a pleasure. I am talking to like the who's who of pork in America, and I, I just uh, pinching myself pinching myself so it's great to hear your insight on the pork industry and uh you know the more we can turn people on to pork and bacon the world will be a better place Oh, well, we greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to to talk with you. So appreciate you uh, reaching out, and uh, you know we got you on we got you on video right now. So I, I see you got you, you got a beard going. You know we just uh, you know just just need to, to grow it out a few more inches. But you're you you got a good start. I I've I've been on the short beard thing forever. Uh, I, maybe next year, you know I, I may grow it out just to give you some competition. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to uh, uh, consult and, and see. I don't know if I have the opportunity to go for back to back championships or, or, or not. So we'll have to that we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> well, congrats again on the uh, on the contest, and congrats again of, of uh, being a part of a great organization. Thanks again for your time, guys. Yeah, thank Thanks. you very Appreciate much. It. Best of luck to you. Once again, a very special thanks to Scott Smith and his amazing beard and Neil Hull of the National Pork Board. It is now time for Bacon News. I'm Steve McKenzie. Well, it's always nice to talk about bacon-inspired food. Taco Bell lovers get an expanded menu with the return Thursday of some favorite entrees, including the much-loved Bacon Club Chalupa for a limited time. Love me some chalupas. The Bacon Club Chalupa, which has its own Facebook page and was last on the menu two years ago, according to the Taco Bell Wiki page, is back on the menu for a limited time. It's made with grilled chicken, bacon, avocado ranch sauce, lettuce, diced tomatoes, and a blend of three cheeses in a warm chalupa shell. The Bacon Club Chalupa also comes in a combo with two crunchy tacos and a large drink for $8.99. Hello! Get ready to sink your teeth into the latest limited-time menu offerings from McDonald's, the McCrispy Sandwiches. The fast food giant is rolling out two new sandwiches, the Bacon Ranch McCrispy and Bacon Ranch Deluxe McCrispy, starting March 13th. So another fast food restaurant you need to uh, visit so you can enjoy some more bacon. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy features a chicken filet topped with applewood smoked bacon, drenched in a creamy ranch sauce and served on a toasted potato roll. Adding a zing of flavor to the mix, the sandwich also comes with pickles. 
For those seeking an even more deluxe experience, the Bacon Ranch Deluxe McCrispy is packed with tomatoes and shredded lettuce in addition to the original ingredients. McDonald's introduced the crispy chicken sandwich to the menu in 2021, which quickly became a fan favorite during the chicken sandwich craze. Now rebranded as the McCrispy, this sandwich joins the ranks of other legendary menu items like McNuggets, McMuffin sandwiches, and McFlurry desserts. Bacon of the Week This week's Bacon Producer of the Week is the Black Sheep Bacon Company, and they're in Brookfield Township, Ohio. Their website says it's a taste of what bacon once was, or in other words, small batch bacon like we all love. Uh, Their bacon provides a taste of what bacon once was, and that's before refrigeration families relied upon packing meat in a dry mixture of salt and sugar to pull moisture out of the meat as a way to preserve what they raised themselves for the times ahead. And then after a time, the residual dry cure was washed away and the meat was hung in a homemade smokehouse to be bathed in smoke from a fire of local hardwood. And the result was a shelf-stable product, complex and rich in flavor, and over time, the bacon we buy at the store today has become a shadow of what the American family crafted themselves 100 years ago. So as Bill Strimbu, the founder of Black Sheep Bacon, says, take time to savor the flavor and experience bacon like it once was. So uh, Bill Strimbu, he is the uh, owner of Black Sheep Bacon. He is the owner of Black Sheep Bacon bacon company and he's an incredible cook he cooks lots of things really well but he landed on bacon by accident when a friend asked him to smoke pork bellies from a 4-h pig two years later he launched the company at the urging of friends and family who had become cult-like eaters of his bacon and who'd convinced him that the rest of the world deserved to taste real bacon recipe of the week This week's recipe of the week, I was doing research for the podcast, and this thing just smashed me in the face. Um, It is Dr. Barbecue's tomato bacon pie. Four ripe medium tomatoes, a nine-inch deep pie crust, grated mozzarella, grated sharp cheddar cheese, a cup of mayonnaise, half a cup of thinly sliced green onions, six fresh basil leaves chopped Six slices of bacon cooked and crumbled. And then you just mix all this wondrous stuff together. You cook it in the oven for a while and it comes out amazing. It just, it sounded amazing to me. It almost reminded me of a deep dish pizza. So uh, if you're going to Google this, just Google Dr. Barbecue's tomato bacon pie. It sounds so good. I'm going to have to try that out. And that's it for this edition of the Bless My Bacon podcast. A very special thank you to the National Pork Board for allowing us to speak with Scott Smith and Neil Hull. It was a joy to do that. And I hope that uh, you have, I hope you have some friends who love bacon and I hope you can turn them onto the podcast. More people need to get jacked about bacon. If you would like to be on the show, uh, by all means, let me know. Reach out via email. Um, If you know someone who's a bacon geek, put them in contact with me as well, because I would love to have more passionate, energetic, knowledgeable people on the show to talk more about bacon. Until next time, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless your bacon. And God bless 
מה בגן?